Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Our theme for this year, just to remind you, is building capacity by engaging in the law of limits. We understand that there are many, many potential out there. Everyone has potential. And many times people go to their grave with their potential. They don't really fulfill the potential. And that's not really an honor. God never intended for you to die with your potential. In fact, God wants you to die empty. Wants you to deliver, impact the generations of your time with your potential, gave you your potential so that you can impact your environment and further uh, enhance or further establish the kingdom of God here on earth. But we we have come to understand that you need to build capacity in order to effectively deliver on your potential. Just because you have potential doesn't mean that you can just go and deliver on those uh, potential immediately. You have to build the capacity. So if you have a business idea, you you, you need training in the area. You need understanding. You need finances. You need resources to make that business or that career that you're dreaming about. You need resources to make it happen. So that is building capacity, putting yourself in a position that you can deliver on your potential. It's like you want a house, you are interested in owning your own home. It is going to require some resources. So we have set out this year to build the capacity in our personal lives and corporately as a team so we can better impact our space and those that God bring into our environment. Three important keys to capacity building. And the first one was uh, system. Systems. System is important to building capacity. Systems can make you or break you. Whether you realize or not, you are operating under some system in your life. So we advise that you examine closely what system is working in your life and ensure that you are under the kingdom system because any other system will not last. System is so important that Jesus said one time to the religious folks, he said, you have made the commandments of God of none effect because of your system or your tradition. Tradition is a system. So he said, the system that you practice, you have negated the effect of the word of God in your life because of those systems. Systems can shut down God's favor from working in your life. So you have to make sure that you are under the kingdom system. 
that's the kingdom system, or you, you were designed for the kingdom system. So we are sure that the kingdom system was one of the most powerful systems in this world is culture. Culture of different places. Different places have different culture. But once you go and you're in that culture for a time, you start acting like those people. You start behaving like them because the culture or the system is of such. So we know that there is also a kingdom culture that we have to work on creating so that it will continue to impact your life. And as you get in the kingdom system and up, accommodate the kingdom culture, you will start behaving like God. That's so all it should be. Then laws and principles is the second key that we looked at. Laws and principles make up systems. Laws and principles are very important because right and wrong in any society, in any kingdom, is not according to feelings, but according to the constitution. Laws and principles makes up the constitution. You know, you can be doing 10 things right, and the 11th thing that you're not doing right negate the effects of the 10 things that you're doing right. So important laws and principles are. So it doesn't mean that you're doing everything wrong while you're not getting a certain result that you desire. It is possible that you're doing one thing wrong. That one thing that you're not doing right is taking that vehicle out of direction. Those of you who drive normally, it could be one small thing wrong with the front end of your vehicle. And that thing starts taking you off the road. So it is important to put all the systems, the, the laws and principles in alignment so that we can get what God intended for us. You know, the Bible says that Zachariah and Elizabeth in Luke were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances. And God spoke to him about the birth of John the Baptist, but they were old, and the Bible says, well, strengthening years. And he doubted what God said. And before long, he lost his speech for a season. He was righteous before God, the Bible says, walking in all the commandments. So you say, so why God couldn't just understand if he's righteous and walking in all the commandments that, you know, he's a faithful man and really loved God. So why did God have to act that way? Well, with all of that said, don't can undo all that you are trying to accomplish by faith. So he accommodated them and it caused trouble, even though he was walking righteous before God. So you can be doing 10 things right, but the 11th thing that you're not doing right about the benefits. You get the benefits of 10 things that you're doing right. So we seek to walk in the commandments of the Lord and the laws and principles of the kingdom so that we can become all that God 
intended for us to be. Last week I started sharing with you about personnel and I was specifically speaking to the human personnel, how important the human personnel is to the kingdom of God, to the effective functioning of earth, and for your individual success, also corporately our success. Human personnel is very important. The human resource is the most important resource that we have on earth. Remember, we said that it's the most important because the Holy Spirit is not resource. The Holy Spirit is source. And we made a point, which I want to revisit for a short while here, that we will start having problems, serious problems, when we elevate resource above source. So when we elevate, when we lift up human beings, which represents resource above source, which is God, you get idolatry. And that is very, very serious. That is why we can confidently say to you this morning that Buddha is resource and he ought not to be worshipped. You cannot put the created above the creator. Muhammad is resource. Selassie is resource. Joseph Smith is resource. Paola is resource. Our Krishna is resource. All of them, they're resource. So they ought not to be worshipped because resource means that it came from somewhere. There is a source of its existence. And so if there's a source of its existence, that means there is something where you're going to get. So if you worship some, somebody that is not the greatest, that means you're putting yourself in all kinds of trouble because you, you can be overthrown. So it is important that we pay attention to resource. Now, this is the difference, if I take a minute off to explain it. This is the difference with our God, Jehovah, because two of the outstanding attributes of Jehovah God that separates him from any other God are one, he is eternal. And the word eternal in its truest meaning speaks to having no beginning or end. Sometimes when we think about eternal, we think about having no end. But when you understand the word properly, it means having no beginning, having no end. And the only person that fits that there is Jehovah God. He has no beginning or end. He is eternal. So Moses was talking about God in Psalm 90. And hear what he said about God. He said, from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. But how far is to everlasting? You can think about that. I mean, no end, end it. How far is from everlasting? No beginning. So you might say, but 
Yeah, but where did it came from? That's what we're saying. It, it never came from anywhere. It's always existed. It is eternal. So there is no source of its existence. No other God who claim that attribute. So he existed before the beginning. That is why he created the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So we also God. Number two is that he is self-existent. That means he exists in and of himself. He doesn't need anything or anyone to exist. He, in our so praises, he desires relationship and fellowship with us. But if you choose not to, he still exists. But if God should pull his oxygen for five minutes, problem. So he's the only one that is self existent and so when we talk about uh personnel and talk about king of kings and lord of lords we're talking about jehovah god there is none like our god so the human resource is effective for the functioning of earth it is the human resource that coordinates all the other resources on earth water and, and air and whatever. It is the human resource that coordinates that and brings it into order so that there can be proper functioning of earth. Because remember now that order is the engine for growth and development. One of the keys to success in life is order. So sometimes it is not that resources are not available. It's just that People can't get them in order in their life. And the human being, the human personnel, is what coordinates the resources. So the animals can't do that. Nothing else can do that. It is the human resource that coordinates all the resources to further establish the kingdom of God here on earth. Let me say to you that potential, all of us have potential, but potential need training. You Never get into a place in life that what you believe, the convictions that you choose to live by, will not be tested. And so you have to prove that what you choose to live by, the convictions, the system, the laws, and the principles can stand up. So therefore, you have to be trained according to the, 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 the principles of the kingdom that you're a part of so that you can stand up when the pressure comes. You know, some people think that training belittles them, you're past that, or whatever. You might be past certain levels of training, but you know, remember, we can't exhaust God. We're always growing and continuing to adopt other things as, as it relates to the principles of God so we can become what God intended for us to be. So I encourage you to stand up and be counted for God. Look forward to adopting the principles of God. We learn every day and we grow every day. And the real test of personnel is when you are called upon to stand up by your conviction. And you have to be prepared for those moments. We've seen many cases in the Bible where people were not as prepared, and you know, they have to do the testing. 
and that's the way of life. You fail a test, and that test is needed for you to advance in your education or your career in any area of your life. You've got to do it again. So I am encouraging you to let us stand according to our convictions in the word of God. And training don't always mean formally, you know, but you know, it, it can mean informal uh, training. In fact, it is said that the lack of training is training. So even though it is not formal, you're being trained to do it another way informal. So life is generally about training. And it is very important that we choose the training that we want to go through and don't allow society to train us. That's what has happened to a lot of our people all over the world. Society has trained them to be what we don't want them to be. Human personnel should never settle for where they are in life. There's always room for improvement, for growth and development. So even when your evaluation puts you above your contemporaries, when your evaluation shows that you are past the people that are around you, you still should not sit. You should, you should always seek to grow in God. Stay in a place of uh, hunger and thirst for new levels of excellence. A place of hunger and thirst for righteousness. Always wanting to be better. The Bible says, He that hungers and thirsts for righteousness shall be fit. Always stay in that place of seeking more. One of the keys to success for any human being is to discover and fulfill your gifts and potential. If the human personnel is going to be effective, you must discover your gifts and potential and fulfill them. Every one of us was wired differently. You were wired for stuff that I was wired for. So don't be distracted by what looked good on someone else because they were wired for that. What were you wired for? No one person has every gift. No one person can do everything. So you therefore need to focus on what you can do. Focus on what your gifts are. Because that's where your success is. And I want to encourage you this morning that once you identify your gift, you should make sure that you are serving that gift in some capacity in your life, at least in the beginning, until you grow into a place of fully serving that gift. Don't allow money to distract you from your gift temporarily because they're paying better here, but it has nothing to do with your gift. You go there because eventually you're going to be in trouble. Focus on developing your gift your success, your riches, I would dare say, your abundance is in the area of your gift. Too many times, people work in areas that have nothing to do with their gifts. So you go frustrated 
Oh yes, you probably get a decent pay at the end of the month, but you own, you're mad at everybody, you're mad at your spouse, the children, you're mad at the cats, the dogs, and all that kind of stuff because you're working somewhere where you're not supposed to be. So that person might look good in their job. You congratulate them and take inspiration from what they're doing, but focus on your kids. Because that's where your success is. When we talk about the human personnel and becoming effective, developing your capacity, you've got to focus on your gift and develop those areas of gifting, serve your people. That's where you're going to get joy and fulfillment. And you're going to wake up wanting to go to work. You're going to wake up wanting to get involved because you love what you're doing. There is more benefit in that than even the monetary pay, but the money will come also. Because God didn't want some people to be successful and some people to not be so successful. He required all of us to be successful. And He knows what you're capable of because He knows how we made it. I want to remind you this morning that God created mankind to dominate, to rule over. Everything on earth. In Genesis, the Bible says, God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. The word dominion means to rule. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every creeping thing on the earth. Now, notice he did not, the one thing he did not give you dominion over is other people. And we have a problem with that because some people think that that is how they show leadership, by dominating other people. And this is exactly why you resent anybody trying to dominate you. Because you were not built for that. So, like supervisor made some remarks and he wouldn't know how it sank into your heart. Because you're saying, it's me. Was she trying to control? That's why a lot of marriages have problems because some husbands don't understand that the head of the house don't mean that you dominate everybody. It doesn't mean that you control people. Leadership is about inspiring, influencing people. It's not about dominating them. And even in the church, we have that problem because people think that they own you. I can tell you personally that I, I resent people trying to control me. We, we're all up for advice and counsel. No one person knows everything. But when you want to decide what time I go to bed and what time I wake up and what time I eat and how much I should spend here and what I should do there and I should not do this Allow my judgment, even if I'm going to make mistakes, to also be a part of the making. That's right. And so I, I want you to understand that you relieve yourself of burdens when you realize that you don't own people and you don't have to control them. You inspire them and let them grow and become their best. So the Bible says. God created man in his own image, according to his own likeness. 
and gave them dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and all of that. And when God created man, or mankind for that matter, God, I'm tempted to say, gave it his best, but God always gave his best. So, but God put of himself in man. He was so serious about the agenda and the success of man that God took of it himself and created man and put man above the other things that he created on the earth. It wasn't really just something mean that, that, that was done. He was serious about what he was doing. We have all kinds of material that are made today, and some are substandard. Some are mass production. You buy something, and within two weeks, you have to buy another one. There's some that you buy, and they last a little longer. It's a different quality. You are top quality because you came from the best. And I want to read a portion in Psalm 8 from verse 1. Just before we read it, I want you to know that the creation of man was the crowning moment of creation. Man was created fully loaded. You are fully loaded. And hear what the psalmist said. Say, oh Lord, Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, all the earth, east, west, north, and south, who have sent your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, uh, one version says, nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man? What is man, the human person there, that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? Now, that is a powerful verse. And a lot of folks have got this verse wrong because they Share it with the impression that God is saying, Man is nothing, you know, that is man that you're mindful of. And it says, You made him a little lower than the angel. Now, when you read that in the Hebrew, it's a totally different understanding. The word angel there in that verse is translated Elohim. Elohim is the name that they would call God in the Old Testament. And Elohim, Elohim speaks to the plurality of God. It means Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So the word there is Elohim. So the text really reads, what is man that thou art mindful of him? You have made him a little lower than Elohim, or a little lower than God. That's the correct translation there. You can check it out. So when it says, what is man that you are mindful of him? It said, oh, why did you think so highly of man that you made him a little lower than God? You know, the scripture tells us that we will judge angels, which speaks to the fact of the human personnel and that you are superior to the angels. 
God in his word has always made it clear that the human resource, the human personnel is in charge of and the earth. So he said, what is man? But Lord, why do you think so highly of man that you made him just a little Lord and God? In fact, we were supposed to be God's representatives on the earth. And God is so, I would say, so interested in the human personnel that the extent that he has gone for human beings over the ages is amazing. As we said in Bible studies some weeks ago, that God went the full extent for the reconciliation of God. He sent his son. God so loved the world, loved the world in such a way that he gave his only begotten son that the human person would find back his place. Amazing God. And we know that the devil is always working to distract and undermine the human personnel. That's why we're saying stay in God, function according to the kingdom system, accommodate the laws of God in your life, practice them. Because when you do that, you close the door to the end. The devil cannot come and destroy your life. He cannot undermine your life. He cannot overcome you. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I want to share with you three characteristics that will help you as a human being to grow and become what God really intended you for to be. So I what would say to make a backbone, strength, stamina. Some people really mean good, but you know, every wind that blows, it blows you down. So we need to put some stakes in the ground. Three characteristics that you need to develop in your life to become the success that you were designed to. One is good self-image. Important of a good self-image. So you feel good about yourself and feel good about others. You cannot feel good about others if you don't really feel good about yourself. So in spite of the atrocities, in spite of the things that you've gone through in your life, which all of us have our history, all of us have our history, you need to feel good about yourself. You need to overcome inferiority complexes and hurts in your life. All of us have been hurt. And, and we have been hurt by people that we didn't expect it from. People you trusted and loved. Some people suffer from inferiority complexes. You can overcome all of that. If you get in a space and all of a sudden think that everybody is more important than you, everybody is worth it and you are not worth it, that oh, everybody decides to get a chance, but you shouldn't get another chance, that's inferiority complex. So a good self-image means that you have to overcome inferiority complexes, you have to overcome Hurts. Oh, yeah. We could have multiple testimonies of how you've been hurt. Sounds like heartaches and broken pieces, ruined lives. But why you die on Calvary? When Isaiah prophesied, he said, 
He has borne all griefs and carried all sorts. Yes, he bore your griefs, he carried your sorts. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? But thank God that he kept my enemies away, even when I wasn't in a position to even realize that the enemy was lurking. He kept my enemies away so that I can become all that he created me to be. So a good self-image means that you're going to understand that you are a son and you are not a master. That sons of rights, not privileges. And so as a son of God, you have rights to the things of God. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You see, if I go home and I'm thirsty, I have a right to go into the refrigerator and take out what I want. That's not a privilege that I have at home. It's a right. I live there. As a son, you have right. You have a right to be successful. No other human being anywhere in the world have any more right than you to be successful. A good self-image means that you understand that you are a son, that you're not a master. So stop blaming people for your failures and take responsibility for your destiny. Yeah, you wronged me some years ago. When I just started working, there was this man that, that wronged me maybe uh, over 30 years ago. I can't live with that for the rest of my life. I've learned from that experience and I'm taking hold of my destiny. I'm allowing it to help shape my destiny. Positive attitude is the next one. It's important to have a positive attitude. Positive attitude, the ability to see people and situations in a positive way. Some folks, they shut down every possibility that arises. It can't work. I don't have this. I've tried it before. Be quiet. You've got to see yourself, see situations, see people in a positive way. Even when you know of some things that are not right about them, you still have to look at them. You still have to look at yourself in a positive way. I shall not die, but live and declare the words of the Lord. It's okay to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, look, my success. Yeah, that's your new name. That's me. We're going over today. So as you come in your hair, you look in that mirror and say, look, I know that we know that there's some challenges at work today, but we are overcoming today. We're coming back with victory this evening. Don't allow people to talk you out of what God is saying to you. It's one of the things that happens sometimes. God speaks to your heart, but people give you the worldview of situations, talk you out of what God intended for your life. The circumstances might be saying one thing. But when you live by the system of the kingdom of God, when you live by the principles of the kingdom of God, you see through another eye, another perspective. So David saw Goliath, and Saul and the rest of Israel, Israel were running, they were running and hiding from Goliath. David said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? We're going to get. 
The Bible says, when it was time for the battle, David ran toward Goliath. He, he wasn't hiding behind some wall or some rock and trying to wait until Goliath passed. He was so positive, he ran towards Goliath. Positive attitude. God designed you to win, to overcome. And we are going to do that. The last one is resilience. It is the ability to bounce back when, when problems arise. The ability to bounce back is important. All of us have had to and will have to bounce back from situations. Yeah, you realize that last year never went the way you wanted to for the last two years and you realize what went wrong. You're going to bounce back from that. You're not going to allow the enemy to laugh at you. Those who wanted to see you go down, they've been taking aim to laugh. But as people of God, we must develop the ability to bounce back when situations arise. You can't afford to slump into depression because of a series of things that have gone wrong. We all have those seasons in our lives where a series of things go wrong. The answer is not discouragement. The answer is not depression. You've got to bounce back. You have to tell yourself that I was built to last. I was built to win. When God built me, built success in me, and I refuse to give in to the pressure. Well, I thank you, God, that you are my strength. There's a man in Isaiah chapter 38 named Ezekiah. And God sent the prophet Isaiah to tell Ezekiah, he said, you are going to die and not live. The word came from God. And Ezekiah refused to take that word. But the prophet had said, set thine house in order. And about his heart, his life. And while Isaiah was making his way out, the Bible said that Ezekiah set his face toward the wall. And he said, Lord, the, the dead cannot praise you. If I'm dead, I can't praise you. It's the living that will praise you. And he repented and he cried out to the Lord. And before Isaiah was gone out of the altar court, it's like God tapped him on his shoulder and said, go back. Go tell Ezekiah that I have heard his cries, I've seen his tears, and I will add to him 15 more years. They talk a man, about a man bouncing back from what God said. Who was going to do? God had added more years to his life. So just because uh, the doctors gave you a report that is not kind, that suggests that you're going to die, doesn't mean that you should fold up in bed and say, okay, it's over. God can add more years to your life. That cancer will die in the name of Jesus. That situation, that love, whatever it is growing in your body, we cancel that assignment, then we declare that it shall die, dry up, and die from the root. You will bounce back from that in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that has caused your finances to dry up, oh, I want you to know that the source of your existence is still here. Oh, yes, we know that the, the whole issue of COVID has ravaged all kinds of companies and all of that all over the place. But I know also that not one single dollar has left her. 
still somewhere around. And if God has to move resources from Taiwan to your life in Jamaica, he will do it. That's the God that we serve. He is the source. He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He knows how to make a way where there seems to be no way. Resilience. We are people who bounce back from adversity. Forces with trouble on every side, yet not distressed. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Guess what? You may have gone to your bed last night depressed because of something that may have happened, but you're waking up in strength in the name of Jesus. We declare that tomorrow morning, you're waking up stronger because the path of the righteous goes brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. We may remain for a night, but I want you to know that the morning is going to break. And the Bible says, joy comes in the morning. Your morning is about to break. It's a new day, darling. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a new season. Fresh anointing. Yeah, some of you need some fresh anointing. It's coming over. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.